0: From coast to coast, in every state of the union. Welcome to the Nipty Podcast interview series. Today's topic is the bill California Governor Brown signed just weeks ago, creating a felony for prosecutors who intentionally and in bad faith withhold or destroy exculpatory evidence. With us today to speak about this new California law are Mark Zahner, the Chief Executive Officer of the California District Attorneys Association, and Sean Hoffman, Legislation Director of the CDAA. Mark and Sean, thanks for being with us today.
1: Sure, no problem.
0: Now, this new law made national headlines lately, reporting that misbehaving prosecutors in California can now face felony charges and up to three years in prison if convicted. Mark, what conduct by a prosecutor constitutes misconduct under this new felony?
2: Well, the new law, which amended an already existing law in our penal code, Section 141, added a new subsection C. And it says any prosecuting attorney who, and as you noted, intentionally and in bad faith, alters, modifies, or withholds any physical matter, digital image, video recording, or relevant exculpatory material or information, knowing that it is relevant and material to the outcome of the case, with the specific intent that the physical matter, digital image, video recording, so forth and so on, will be concealed or destroyed or fraudulently represented as the original evidence upon a trial proceeding or inquiry is guilty of a felony. And the punishment for that is set out as 16 months, 2 years, or 3 years, which can be a state prison or more likely with this case, it would be in our local jails. And basically, the intent of this was to address prosecutors who act maliciously in the destruction or hiding of evidence in an effort to advance a case unlawfully or make somebody look guilty who's not guilty, that sort of thing. And that's why it was important for us to have wording in it that captured that, like intentionally and in bad faith alters or withholds, and then knowing that that material is relevant to the outcome of the case and that there's a specific intent that the material will be concealed or destroyed. And that's the basics of the law, pretty straightforward.
0: So it clearly doesn't cover any mistakes, anything inadvertent or even negligent. That's
2: the idea. That's what we're looking for with this language when we're dealing with this statute. And Sean will get into the historical approach of the statute, but uh, that's the idea. And, of course, you know, as time goes on and we see how this is interpreted and used, you know, some of those questions I'm sure will, will come to the fore. But it seems the way that this is drafted that it would only capture people with a really a bad intent acting maliciously.
0: So, Mark, you mentioned history. Now, Sean, could you tell us if there was a catalyst that brought about this new law, or was it part of the larger nationwide focus and attention on prosecutor's conduct that we've all been experiencing the past several years? Sure. We've seen some anecdotal
1: examples of misconduct in California, but this law was really the culmination of a collective effort by a variety of organizations over the last four or five years to address the quote-unquote epidemic of of prosecutorial misconduct in California. This involves groups like our Public Defenders Association, the Private Defense Bar, the ACLU, the Innocence Project, among others. And initially we were pretty successful in keeping them at bay, but as the perception of, of law enforcement started to change, and as we began to see more mainstream depictions of quote unquote bad prosecutors and things like the serial podcast and making a murderer, their proposal started to gain more traction in our legislature. So in 2013, sort of started with a bill that would have created a jury instruction to inform a jury that any late discovery on the part of the prosecution would be sufficient grounds for finding reasonable doubt. That bill actually passed our legislature, but was vetoed by Governor Brown. Last year, in 2015, a law was passed to require judges to inform the state bar when there's a finding that a prosecutor has deliberately, intentionally, and in bad faith withheld relevant material exculpatory evidence or information, similar to the conduct that we're talking about in this new law. That law also allows a judge, after making such a finding, to disqualify the individual prosecutor. And if they do so, the defense can then move to have the entire prosecuting office disqualified if there's sufficient evidence that other employees of the office participated in the withholding and that it's part of a pattern and practice of violations. So when this new law was introduced earlier this year, it wasn't a total surprise to us. It's sort of a natural extension of those prior efforts. As was mentioned, it sought to create a new felony for prosecutors who withhold, modify, or fabricate evidence. And as Mark mentioned, we already have a law on the books in California that's made it a felony for a peace officer to engage in this conduct and a misdemeanor for anyone else to do it, including prosecutors. However, we're not aware of any prosecutor ever having been charged with a misdemeanor under that section. So despite our sensitivity to the notion that we would be perceived as defending bad prosecutors, We opposed the bill as it was introduced because we felt that it was drafted in such a way that it criminalized prosecutorial error, not just intentional prosecutorial misconduct. So when it was initially introduced, there was no bad faith requirement. There were no requirements of relevance or materiality. So in negotiating with the stakeholders, the author, and the legislative committees as it made its way through the legislature, we were able to obtain amendments adding those things, which in our opinion, tremendously improved the bill
0: to the point that we were neutral on the version that was ultimately
1: signed into law last
0: month. Mark or Sean, who or what is the enforcement person or agency that will prosecute any case under this new law?
2: Well, there's nothing in the bill or the history of the bill, as far as I know, um, that spoke to who would investigate or who would prosecute it. It's an interesting question in that it should raise some questions as to who will fulfill either of those functions. This is not like a situation where a crime happens and a peace officer, you know, is called and they go out and arrest somebody and then there is or is not a conflict with the DA's office and who will prosecute it. This is probably only going to be reported by court personnel or people otherwise involved in the criminal justice system, either as witnesses or um, observers, perhaps even, of the, the court process. You know, and then I could see information leaking out, but it's something that's going to be well after the fact That's it's going to be brought to the attention of some agency. Their talk is that perhaps if there ever is a prosecution under this, that it might go to the attorney general's office as the investigative body and the prosecuting body, but there really is nothing. Surely if there's a prosecutor in an office who is charged with this crime eventually, which begs the question, who would do the charging? But if it's in a particular county, who would charge it? Would it be that county? And then if they did charge it, would there be a conflict? Would there even be a conflict with the concept of the person charging it? So it really does raise all of these questions. And in some offices, what do you do in a smaller county where you have three deputy attorneys and the elected official? You know, your problems are magnified. The smaller the office gets and the more apparent the conflict is, But we see plenty of room for discussion and concern as to the conflicts that are inherent in this and there really is no prescribed game plan at this point regarding any of that. I don't know if Sean has anything else on that. Do you, Sean?
1: Well, I think one of the things that we've discussed and we've heard from supervisors and some wine deputies is, you know, what the impact of this will be on discovery questions during trial and if a prosecutor is asked about some piece of discovery that came in late by a judge. You know, are they going to invoke their Fifth Amendment right? How is that going to play out in court now that this is potentially a criminal act? So, you know, I think that that goes to Mark's point of who investigates it, how does it get investigated, who makes that that charging and opening prosecution
0: decision. But it's you know one of many. Unknowns
1: at this point in terms of how this will be implemented.
0: Yeah, that does sound very interesting. And now if the bill does not name the prosecutor, the agency, does it have any new legal requirements for prosecutors? Is there any specific training for prosecutors under the bill?
2: There's really nothing new for prosecutors as far as training when it comes to discovery law or the interpretation of Brady as it applies to California jurisprudence. That should remain the same. And so our training will, we're constantly training on Brady, we're constantly training on discovery. We have been for years and we will continue because we have new attorneys, we have attorneys who haven't been in a situation or a unit where uh, Brady Law has been paramount or something that they've had to deal with with regularity. So it's always something that we're, we're training on. I don't anticipate really changing our effort in that regard. That's the only thing I think that's on the forefront as far as training goes. In anticipation of how this will be used, how this code section will be used as people perhaps test the limits of what does this mean. You know, people might bring actions against prosecutors or submit things. We'll probably engage in prophylactic training for prosecutors in that they need to memorialize what they're doing, where they're getting their documentation, what they've turned over, and what systems are operating within their offices. So really the emphasis that we're going to bring to the fore with our training on this will be concerned mostly with preparing people to make sure that they keep good records of their discovery and the process so that they can demonstrate that they're acting in good faith. Our organization represents virtually all of the prosecutors in California, and we are not confronted with a significant number of Brady allegations or violations of discovery or Brady law. We see this as a very, very minor issue that we hope will never see a prosecution under this. It just has not been California's experience to have a very active number of cases fall under any sort of specter of suspicion. Typically, it involves mistake when there's Brady error, which is why it's called Brady error, and that's what we're used to dealing with, and that's what I think we're going to see as we proceed into the future, that predominance of those few cases being the um, gist of what's uh, out there. But just to prepare people so that they are ready on the unlikely event or Incident that they're charged with this crime. We want them to be prepared with fundamentally evidence so they can, they can demonstrate that they operated in good faith. And that's really
0: it. So with that, Mark and Sean, thank you so much for your time today educating us. You may read the California bill discussed today and related articles on PE by using the search term California prosecutorial misconduct law. Thank you for tuning in today.